This is Driven By, a podcast where we explore the intersection between passion and purpose. Sitting down and having conversations with risk takers, change makers, builders, and entrepreneurs to find out what it is that drives them. Hi, my name is Julie Kelly, and I am the co-founder of the Haymakers for Hope organization. I am like having kind of one of those experiences where you're like, I can't believe I'm talking to this person that I only really like saw via like Zoom and like through Slack for like a period of time that had such a major impact on my life. Um, I am really grateful that you've decided to take time to chat with me about your experience, your drives, your passions uh, for folks that aren't familiar, I had the opportunity in October of last year to participate in Haymakers for Hope. Uh, it's a boxing uh, event, we'll call it, uh, that allows folks to raise money, awareness uh, for the challenges and experiences that people have around cancer. Julie, I'll let you tell more about it. But it was, for me, uh, such a massive, massive moment. I got the date tattooed on my shoulder oh, um, of my fight. <laughs> So um, maybe we could start by hearing a little bit about you. I think first and foremost, nobody steps into uh, becoming a co-founder of a massive organization that puts on huge events to raise money for such an amazing cause uh, overnight. So if you don't mind maybe sharing your yeah. story of how we kind of got to where we are. No, it's um, it's always so interesting to hear people's um, take and how it's you know a huge organization. And it's it, it's so funny. It's we're 11 years in and we started out so small and it was Andrew and I and Andrew's brother and the three of us, you know, Andrew and I had this concept years ago that everyone was running marathons and we were donating. We were supporting our friends. We thought it was so awesome that people were um, putting themselves in this really intense physical challenge to help somebody else out. And at the time we were boxing, we were like, oh, I wonder if we could use this awesome sport that we love to do the same thing. And um, we had our very first event and it was really successful, way more successful than we ever, ever thought it would be. And since then, it has really taken on a life of its own and grown. And there are days that I feel like I'm just doing my best to hold on and that it's, I feel very lucky that I even get to kind of have this experience um, to, to offer the sport to people and for other people to, to fall in love with it the way that I did. Um, mm -hmm. so we've, we've put on, we've been putting on events for 11 years. We use the sport of boxing as a platform to fundraise, um, in the fight against cancer. We support, um, research, awareness, survivorship and care. We are now in five cities with six events every year. So we're launching in Philly, um, just right around the corner, April 27th. Yeah, I'm excited. I might even pack up my little bags and come we up. We would love to see you. Uh, it's just such a... It's a thing where you really do become part of this community. Um, and it's an experience that I think unless you've done it, like you just can't really like fully understand it. And we can get into maybe a little bit more about that, um, you know, in a moment. But I, I think it's an incredible thing that you all decided to do this. But I know that this comes from like a very personal experience that you had, right? Yeah. I mean, this isn't something that you just were like, you know what? No, no. Marathons, like let's put on these like events. And so um, if you're comfortable, I would yeah, love to no. um, I, I was diagnosed at 22 with Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, 
it was the fall of, you know, I had just graduated college in the spring. Um, well, graduated, I got a diploma, but I did not go to my graduation. My parents still give me a hard time about that. Um, but I graduated, took the summer off to just kind of hang out and was diagnosed uh, September 13th of 2001. Um, so there were a lot of emotions for a lot sure. of people. Um, and I went through treatment and was very, very lucky to respond very well to treatment, clean bill of health in um, March of uh, 2002. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I kind of just went about life as usual. And I really fell into kind of like a little bit of a dark depression for, I'd say about three years. Um, It was just not, not making great life choices. And just, you know, I just knew that there was more out there for me and I just wasn't sure what it was. And then I just one day decided I was going to walk into a boxing gym around the corner from my from my office and it literally changed my life and just put me on a path that I don't know had I had I been too scared because in your mind you're like, oh, boxing gyms are so intimidating. It's so scary. And I found that to be the complete opposite and I really just never look back. I think um, what you just said is like something that a lot of women can like attach to, even men. I mean, they are sort of intimidating spaces. There's a lot of, um, especially when you think about traditional boxing gyms and to be able to like step into one of those and be like, okay, I belong here is really not like an easy thing to do, which is why like boutique fitness has picked up boxing, kind of made it feel more accessible to people. But more importantly, the love that you kind of find for the sport, I think is a really real thing. We've had, I've had conversations with other um, individuals on the podcast that are either boxing coaches or um, even folks that have actually cornered uh, other fighters at Haymakers for Hope. And uh, I think we all agree that what you put into boxing, you get back. And it really is a sport that if you love it, it loves you back. I mean, there may be a few bumps and bruises that you get along the way, maybe a couple of things to your ego, shots to your ego. But generally speaking, it's a really um, transformable like sport, in my opinion, very similar to yoga, which has been such a massive, um, you know, it has, has a massive impact on me. But boxing has almost like been its it's like little twin um, because I do think it's one of those sports that it just, there's so much mental toughness that you have to kind of like curate and understand. Yeah. You, you learn a lot about yourself um, learning how to box and boxing. You're, it's a very vulnerable sport. It puts you really out in the open. And the cool thing about boxing and boxing gyms is not only that camaraderie and really that family you know, home away from home, but also you meet people in a boxing gym who probably wouldn't even look twice at you on a street and you come from all different walks of life with all different amazing stories and all different types of professions. And you're all in there together, sweating your asses off with this, you know, with this ultimate goal of just kind of, you know, being, being better at a sport than you were the day before. Um, and that's, that's everyone's collective collective thought process. And it's just, it's, it's a, it's such a, it's such a beautiful sport. So beautiful. I, and it's, you know, I don't think you appreciate it until you like sit down and really like spend some time with it. Um, so you, you go through this experience, you have the opportunity to get a clear, clear bill of health, which not everybody has that. Absolutely. And we know that. And and I think one of the most impactful things is that when you think about the cause around cancer is that when you talk to, let's say, 10 people, 
nine out of 10 people, I feel like probably know at least one person either directly in their family, their friend group, extended family or otherwise that has likely had some type of brush with cancer. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's one of those causes that a lot of people can very easily connect to. When you think about the success or growth of Haymakers for Hope over the last 11 years and the way that you've been able to expand, do you think that's the main reason why it's it's been it's kind of caught on in the way that it has? Or what do you kind of attribute to um, the growth that you all have seen? So I think it's it's interesting in that um yes cancer is very prolific it's affected so many people in so many different ways um it, it there's always there's always a, I, i'm always hearing different stories um the sport itself i really feel that it, it, it a boxing fight can mimic in theory, mimic the the fight that somebody else is going through in treatment. And there's a personal challenge component. And in some instances, people people don't want to get punched in the face and they they run a marathon. That's freaking hard too. 26 miles, yeah. like awful. I would rather get punched in the face than run 26 Same. miles, <laughs> but I'll do anything for money. So, <laughs> you know, if I'm going to fundraise, I'll also run 26 miles. But there is this there is this um, this really this intense intense challenge that is boxing, um, and it's you really you really really have to focus and you are in it. Um, you don't you can't zone out like you can on a long run. You are in there, um, and I think there is something that really you know you'll hear the expression you know, that, that kid's got heart. He's fight. He fights with heart. Like they're fighting with heart. You're yeah. in there. And if you have somebody in mind while you're taking, taking those shots or during training, you're like, this is what's motivating me. I am doing this for my mom. I am doing this for my friend. Um, it drives you a little harder. It drives you a little, a little more. Um, yeah. and it's, it's a challenge like no other. It's not like people who do this and, you know, have this background in boxing. A lot of the people who sign up to do this are doing it out of, out of love or out of grief or sure. even if it is just a personal challenge and it's no joke boxing training getting going from zero to getting in the ring in front of 2000 people in 4 months it's that's a tall order and yet yeah. people are people are doing it and it's it's incredible that they want to challenge themselves and they want to make a difference in in this way yeah. And I, I think I want to pause on this real quick um, and, and kind of go to a, another question that I ask all the time, but we have to come back to this. When you think back to like when you were a little girl, mm -hmm. um, considering like what you wanted to do when you grew up, what was that goal for you? Like, what were you thinking you were going to do? Um, so I really think the only thing I ever even conceptually had, oh, I I really loved drawing and I wanted to be like a like an animator. Okay. Um which I don't even draw anymore, but you know, lofty goals for when you're <laughs> in third, fourth, and fifth grade. Um it was either that or I I was I was a very wild child um and played a lot of sports and played mm -hmm. I was all in. I was yeah. a total, uh, you know, just everywhere. Um, or I wanted to be an athlete. That was yeah. those were those are really my two my two loves was drawing um, and just just playing sports. Yeah, I would challenge and say that, like in some ways, you're you're doing both. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. like you've drawn out this plan for how to create a repeatable process, uh, city by city, to help you know 
make such a massive impact and obviously very much an athlete. Like we both know and anybody that has ever boxed uh, consistently knows that it's really hard. (laughs) You were jump roping for times and you never thought you'd be on a jump rope that long or you're sitting in shadow boxing for, you know, hours. You're like, why am I still shadow boxing? It's been 10 rounds. So, I mean, it's something that athletically, I mean, that I don't think I really felt fully like an athlete still until I started, you know, training until I started like boxing consistently as a yoga instructor, as like a, somebody that did yoga consistently or ran outside, you don't really feel like a quote unquote athlete in the same way that you did when you were maybe in high school or college or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're like, okay, no, this is yeah. Well, athleticism. <laughs> yeah. In my case, I mean, I had played sports all through, you know, into high school and then it just, it, it's athletics stopped being part of my life and it really wasn't. And then I, I had run marathons to raise money for leukemia and lymphoma society, but mm-hmm. I still didn't think of that as myself as an athlete. And like you said, it wasn't until boxing where I got back in touch with that person, the old me and realized mm-hmm. like, Oh man, this is that challenge. This is that thing that, that drives me, that makes me want to compete. Um, and it was really boxing, you know, I'd done pickup soccer leagues and it, that didn't, that didn't really fill that kind of void. So. No, and I think it has to do with the level of vulnerability and exposure. And, uh, again, the fact that it's you versus you when you're sort of training, uh, mentality wise, like when it comes to boxing. And I think, um, you know, what you brought up with regards to, you know, the experience that people have when they start to train from zero, basically to 60, um, for something like this. You know, I think one of the most Im- amazing things about my experience is that when you look at this group of fighters, the individuals that signed their names, made their investment, and then you know committed to raising all this money, one, there was a ton of money raised. So like right off the bat, unbelievable. Um, but the other thing is, is that everybody is so different, right? I mean, you have people that are single, unattached, whatever. Um, you have people that have kids, like multiple kids. You have women, men, you have all these different age ranges. I know I was almost 10 years, almost 10 years older than the gal I was fighting. You know, you're just talking about all these different types of people that are kind of coming together and they're all kind of going through it in their own way with their own, you know, life distractions and so forth, just to show up, to have enough courage. Cause like, to your point, you're walking out in front of 2000 people. I kept telling people, I was like, this is the biggest stage I'm ever going to hold. And like, when I was growing up, I really thought I wanted to be on Broadway. (laughs) So the experience is very like out of body. Um, And I just, I think that there's something to be said about the people that are willing to do that. Um, But it's also, there's something to be said about the energy that goes into wanting to support those individuals, wanting to support those fighters. And I know how much money DC raised. I'm curious as you like look over the course of the last 11 years, how much money have you all raised? I believe we uh, have broken over, I think, twenty-two million in eleven That's years. It's y- yes, it is. Um, <laughs> I don't think if you asked me eleven years ago where this was going to go, I don't know that I would have said, "Oh, we'll have even a second event." So mm-hmm. it's really, it's really grown. Um, and I mean, without without the boxers, we we wouldn't be able to do what we do. And the people who come out to support you guys and are in the crowd, it, the pride that you see on these, on, on people's faces and how incredibly just proud they are, because a lot of them know they wouldn't do it Uh and they're there. And oftentimes the people who sign up to do this 
are not who you would expect. Like we all have someone in our life who, if they came to us and said, oh, I'm going to have a boxing match in four months, we'd be like, of course you are. Yeah, of course you are. It isn't that, it isn't that person all the time. And Mm -hmm. so it's this, it's this internal drive and there's, you know, I, I remember talking to somebody once and they said, oh, you don't look like a boxer. And I was like, well, what does a boxer look like? Like I can give you a thousand examples of what a boxer is. Uh, having gone through and and and, and done haymakers, mm-hmm. um, and that's that's the cool thing about boxing. Yeah, some some pro fighters they they look like they look like boxers, but yeah. when you get in the ring and it's a sanctioned bout, anybody who gets in there and is brave enough to do it and puts in the work to do it, mm-hmm. um, you're a boxer, right? Uh, what you just said about the pride that the audience feels and the almost attachment to your journey. I think that they, they get, and I think you all do an exceptional job with the media and the content creation, et cetera, to kind of help support us in that as, as a fighter, you know, I think me personally walking out there and I feel like a lot of people probably feel this as well, whether you're fighting at haymakers or if you're just, you know, anybody that steps into a space where you're, you know, representing a community of people, you want to win for that. Like you want to win for the people you're fighting for the cause, the reason why you stepped out there, which I think you guys do such an amazing job kind of capturing with the um, photos that you, you know, encourage fighters to come to the table with the stories that they, they share in their bios of to why they're fighting. But then you look around and you see all the people that donate it and all the people that have shown up to support you on the night of fight night. And you just don't want to let them down. And there's something really, really heavy and exciting and powerful and all the things when it comes to that. Um, I know for me, I just, it was less about winning for me so much as it was for winning for my, 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 my gym and my community and the, the women that came out and supported me throughout the entire time, because for what it's worth, and I know, you know, this, it is mentally exhausting, right. To, to train it is. And if you take it serious, super seriously, I mean, I was working out three times a day in some capacity, Mm -hmm. like I changed my entire relationship with fitness um, during my time. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, with boxing, there's, there are some high highs and there are some real low lows, really low lows yeah. and, l- real low lows. Um, and again, d- learning about yourself, how you navigate those low lows is important. Um, I just always thought like I'd have some shit days in the gym and, you know, mm-hmm. it was just like, I, I'm awful. Um, this, I don't know where I'm going to go with this. I don't know that, you know, I'm going to measure up and you just got to go to bed and throw the day out and just know that tomorrow's the next day. And everybody has, you know, everybody has good days in the gym and everybody has bad days and you just have to keep that, keep that mind going and, and, and build on it each day and just be willing to know I'm going to, I'm today's going to be a better day. I'm going to learn more. I'm going to stay more focused and I'm just going to just be gentle with myself. Right. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't just like anything else, like any other day, you know, $22 million is like an obscene amount of money to yes. be able to, and, and amazing. And I'm sure some of us are like 22 million. That's how many zeros, like, what does that look like? None of us, you know, really understand. Is that kind of where you sat back and had your aha moments? Like, this is exactly what I should be doing. Like, this is it. Or is there been a specific moment as you reflect back on the last 11 years where you're like, Yeah, this is it. So I don't know that I have like one singular aha moment. I think it's really like a combination of um, my own personal um, life challenges and kind of like fork in the road choices. Um, And 
I got lucky. I, I, I went to, I went to school. I, I graduated with an art history degree. Okay. Like I work for a customs broker. This is not, uh, I, the fact that it has gone on and, and, and become what it is, um, is, is amazing. I ju- definitely did, did not see it coming, but I think the aha moment really was, um, for me, I remember when Andrew and I came up with the idea, we were having our first event and it went really well. And I said, well, I I hope that, I think that we can have an all women's event. And he was like, slow down, slow down. And two years, two years later, after our first event, 2013, we hosted the first Bells of the Brawl Mm -hmm. event. And I think that really, for me, was this commitment to continuing this, um, to have that many women, we had two 50-year-olds step in the ring, had never boxed that. before, trained for four months, and they went at it. And to see them hug at the end and to know that journey that they went on to get themselves in there and then to become friends, it really just it, – it made it important to me to keep going, not only to obviously raise money and to make it make a difference, but sure. to also offer – give people the opportunity to, to find this sport and to come become a better version of themselves while 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 giving back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean that's super powerful. And I think you know we were talking before we we started our our recording is that boxing for women is it's just not it's not represented in the way that like it is for men, right? There's there's fewer opportunities. There's less fights. There's it, there aren't as many as many chances for, for women to really be represented in the sport that's evolving and changing. And I think, you know, continuing to be the case, but I think that that is a really exciting opportunity to be able to have an all women's event. And it's, it's something that I'm sure there was a lot of pride that went into that. Yeah. I mean, boxing Uh, for women is really, it's, it's really empowering just personally, but also meeting (laughs) other women that are like-minded and they're in the gym and you guys, it's, you become sisters in boxing. Um, and it's, it's, and you, you forge an incredible bond, um, in the gym and to be able to have, you know, meet other women and hear other women's stories to see what led them, led them to boxing or to take this path, um, is always really inspiring to me. I agree. Yeah. I mean, my closest, closest girlfriends now are women that I box with at least twice a week. And, you know, when you ask each of them why they do what they do, the answer is slightly different, but just generally there is a high level of empowerment that comes from being able to, you know, show up in a male dominated sport and also be able to feel successful by landing, you know, maybe a sick combo on mitts that day, or, you know, just being able to be strong enough to take a punch and and know that you're able to be uh, thoughtful enough about how to show up and punch back. And it's, it's, it's not something that we're taught oftentimes as young girls to like step in and, and try to lean into like our masculine energy in that way. And right. this is a sport that is requires a lot of mental toughness, but also there's a lot of like intelligence that comes into the sport. I've said it a bunch of times, you know, I think boxers are sometimes you know, yes, they get hit in the head a lot. And so like that has its own, you know, effects, but it's, you have to be very, very smart about how you are showing up in a ring, how you are countering, how you are staying two steps ahead, et cetera. And that is not, I think something that everyone always takes into consideration. No, absolutely not. And just to speak on your point in terms of, you know, growing up, I, I can remember I was 
a wild, wild woman. And I can just remember, you know, act like a lady, act like a lady. Yeah. And then finally you find the sport where it's like, there is no acting like a lady. It's, you know, mm-hmm. you're fighting. Somebody is trying to hurt you. Um, and you're literally, <laughs> literally hurt, hurt you. Um, and your game plan has to be to try to hurt them back and to be yeah. one step quicker or, um, you know, to see something that, that they don't and, and capitalize on it. Um, so, but yeah, you know, but I do always say there's for the bells, especially for the bells event, I always say, everybody get ready. Cause these women are going to show you what it means to fight like a girl. Cause that, that, that phrase it. can just go out the window unless 100%. you're going to use it for, cause girls, girls can fight. And yeah, you mean- know, we, we work just as hard, just as hard in the gyms as the men do. And sometimes even harder because we have a little right. bit more to prove. A hundred percent. I agree with that. So looking at the journey that you've been on and, and all the success that you've had, it has not come without challenge, I'm sure. Right. Um, when you think about like the biggest challenges you all have had to overcome, or you just personally have had to overcome, you know, while you've been on this journey and this trajectory, what do they look like for you? Definitely my biggest challenge in life was post-treatment um, sure. and finding myself in, you know, not, not a great headspace and just... Mm-hmm unsure of things. That was definitely, while it, while it was not a great place to be in when it was happening, the reflection, it really just kind of prepared me to move forward in my life and just be ready to take on anything that, mm-hmm. that, that comes my way. And that in, in a, a lot of what we do is event planning and nothing ever goes straight in, in no. event planning <laughs> and to, for us to be able to not freak out and think on our feet, um, and, and stay calm and keep things, keep things rolling. Um, it's, it's gotten me ready for that. I mean, I think it was during, during, um, your, your guys event when the ring broke. Oh, I didn't yeah. know about that. Because we, <laughs> Because we kept I it cool, <laughs> yeah. So we kept it cool. I'm pretty sure that yeah, it was in, it was in DC. So and those are things that you don't see coming. You're not going to say, you know what? Sure. I think tonight the ring might break. And mm-hmm. it's we just you just gotta you just gotta stay calm. Um, and you know some of the challenges too is when we first started. Like the the cool thing about marathons or um, like Pan Mass, you just need a road, and you can pack mm-hmm. as many people to do that to do that event right on that street. As many people can fit on that road. With Haymakers, we cap out at 32 people for an event. Mm -hmm. And so that, that that is a challenge, but to, to have a, have more of a reach or to engage with more people. And from that challenge was born, we now run a golf tournament. Um, We've done turkey trot. We're now in the, in, in the marathon space. Um, I host um, a polar plunge every year where we get about 40 crazy people who who jump in the ocean in February in the Northeast. Not great times, but we fundraise a lot of money. <laughs> um, yeah. So that has, with every challenge, I think, comes a new way to navigate it and um, come out the other side with mm-hmm. a positive outcome. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, and we don't have to dive too much into you know your experience with um, you know, depression or, or, you know, ultimately not necessarily being in the best headspace. I think one of the most powerful things that you did share is that, you know, even in this headspace, you turned to and found essentially boxing. And that was sort of leading you into this, this trajectory and this journey and being able to get to the place where you fall in love with the sport enough to bring it to other people and then turn your own personal experience into an opportunity to create 
a massive impact. I mean, when we think about the sport of boxing and, um, you know, you think about the individuals that you've, you know, kind of met or come in contact with in some capacity over the course of your 11 years, you know, I would imagine you've got a lot of, you know, similar stories or touching stories um, from folks, uh, you know, anything that stands out or anything that, you know, kind of hit close to home for you? Um, there are, there are so many, it's, it's but hearing the motivation of people, especially, um, when they have lost a family member, um, those are always really, really heavy. And, mm-hmm. but there are so many different stories that come and we had somebody who was in a horrible car accident and was basically told he was never going to walk again. And, he did this. He got in there and he boxed. He was a master and he's, and he did it. And there, there's just so many, we've had pediatric oncology nurses who are getting in there and literally fighting for their patients. Um, and just, we, we've had a, we had a mom, um, a stay at home mom of four awesome kids. She signed up one year and she said, you know what? I just wanted to show my kids that I'm not just, you know, I'm not just, uh, a, a chauffeur and I don't just take, mm-hmm. I have this part of me that I want to challenge myself. And how mm-hmm. cool is that to, to show your kids, like, I'm going to work towards this goal and I'm going to get in there and I'm going to do, do something that scares me. Um, there are just so many stories, um, of what drives a person and what makes them si- not only sign up, signing up is one thing, mm-hmm. signing up. Some people get chosen and they say, wasn't it, it's not for me. And I applaud yeah. that because once it becomes real, that's a different story. But when people sign up, we have a match for them and they see it through. That is just, it's, it's truly incredible because boxing is scary. I don't mm-hmm. care. You know, it is scary. And having to, um, get a hold on that during training and then yeah. keep a hold on it while you're waiting backstage to go out there, um, for something a lot bigger than yourself is, is a real, it is, it's pretty, it, it's amazing. Um, especially for first time, for first time boxers is mm-hmm. it's next level. Oh yeah. I mean, the waiting is like That's enough to, that anxiety is real. I mean, <laughs> I don't know how many times I like crossed myself, like took a second, like did a couple of paces. I remember my coaches being very like they were like very laid back. They're like very chill. I mean, that's the kind of energy they are anyway. Meanwhile, I'm like, whoo, okay, let's, you know, you just don't know what to do with all the energy you have. And yeah. um, some of it's nervous energy. Some of it's just like a lot of uncertainty about what you're going to, you know, see and feel out there. I know for right. me personally, I was just scared I was going to fall down the stairs. That was the only <laughs> thing I was scared about. Otherwise I was like, I'm good. I've yeah. trained, you know, I've done the last, I've done all the work. That was all the hard stuff. This is the fun part. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a celebration. It would have been terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I always <laughs> called that feeling before a fight, like the, the, the last, I, the last like two, like week, two weeks, week, if you, if it was, if it was playing, if you knew it was coming up, sometimes you mm-hmm. would just get, you know, get a fight with days to go. But I always called it like anxious anticipation because yeah. especially for, I can remember like golden gloves finals. I would reach a point where if they had called me at four o'clock in the morning and were like, all right, you got to get down to this parking lot four o'clock in the morning and you guys are going to go, I would have run there. Like I just wanted, I was ready and I just wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because you're ready. You're You're just ready. You're ready and you love it. Mm -hmm. Um, Talking about the things that drive people, uh, you know, there's a lot of opportunity that you all create for people to share what drives them. I'm curious what drives you? I think ultimately what drives me really is um, 
hope. Um, I, I just hope that what Haymakers is doing is making a difference, mm-hmm. um, both with, you know, the funds raised in supporting advancements in research and clinical trials and survivorship. Um, but also I hope that it is making, making a difference in the people's lives that step through the ropes and and mm-hmm. do this and challenge themselves and kind of come out come out the other side a different person um, mm-hmm. in a positive way. Um, and I also just hope in my lifetime um, that we can see a like a we turn a massive corner um, in finding a cure and knowing that that we we did our part collectively, not just the organization, but the people who hold up hold us up, which is which is fighters like yourself and trainers, you know, without that, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have events. Um, so that's really what, what drives, what drives me is making sure that I do my part as, as a cancer survivor who has a clean bill of health and has been able to go on and have these wonderful life experiences and have two kids that I continue to give back and just, and make a difference because there are days sometimes you just, I felt guilty in the beginning. I was like, oh, wow, it, it, it was pretty easy for me. And I didn't see a lot of that when I was getting treatment, mm-hmm. people cruising through. And so it, I just, I just hope that we can just keep pushing and keep making a difference all towards one collective goal, which is really moving that needle and, and getting closer and closer to finding a cure. I love that answer so much. And let me um, just provide you with a little bit of my personal experience in the sense that um, if your goal is that, you know, there's, there's hope that you are making an impact on the individuals that are stepping uh, through the, through the ropes. Um, My dad passed in December of 2021 and the fight was in 2022. No, that's okay. I was really lost, like really, really lost, especially right around the time that somebody had reached out to me on Instagram and said, Hey, like, have you thought about participating in this boxing match? Like you like to raise money for charity. You did it all last year. Um, I see that you like play around with boxing, you know, here and there. I mean, at that point I had basically only gone to like rumble a bunch of times right. and then done some like, you know, one-on-one work and, and mit work with friends and so forth um, with my, with one of my coaches now. And uh, I was really like looking for something to like, you know, honor my own like mental well-being, but also, uh, you know, my dad would like constantly make fun of me. Like, what are you going to do with the boxing stuff? Like, (laughs) I love that you're doing it, but why? And so when this opportunity came up for me, it was like, let me do this for me mentally, physically. I'm not in a great place. I think that's something I can dive into um, very similarly to what I did with yoga previously when my brother had passed. Um, but then when I leaned into it, I was like, I'm doing this now for my community, but I'm doing it also to make my dad proud and like show him that I did something with this and obviously be able to give back to, uh, to this area. And I personally ended up donating, you know, the money that I raised, which I love that you guys give people the power to do this. Um, I gave it to a nonprofit organization here in DC that, you know, uses the arts as a means of supporting individuals experiencing cancer, um, families that are experiencing it, uh, and survivors of cancer and, um, to be able to give back to the local community, uh, be able to attach to myself and be able to prove something and win even my bout with, uh, with a lot of pride for, for my dad and my, my, my group was like an amazing thing and changed my life again forever. So I really appreciate it. And I've said this before, I think, um, very much so boxing like saved my life because I was just in a really, really bad place. Yeah. 
Yeah, so we can we can definitely we can definitely um, bond over that, and I one hundred percent relate. And I think what's wonderful about boxing when it comes into your life when you're lost is it becomes ultimately like a, a form of therapy, um, mm-hmm. because there is this rawness about learning how to box. Um, just even there, people. Even if you don't know, even if you have no intention of ever boxing like boxing against someone, learning, just learning the sport and how much goes into it and how much you have to think is this form of therapy that really, really just gets you in touch with your very core as a human. Um, And I cannot, I cannot recommend it enough. Um, At any age, just, you know, it's, it's just a lot of fun and it really can, it can really change your outlook on life. 100%. I, I don't know if that would be your piece of advice, but I always ask folks, you know, when they're coming on um, that are, you know, either in entrepreneurial roles or in roles where they're change makers, um, you know, and in some cases risk risk takers as well. I feel like you're all three of these things. Um, but, you know, what is one piece of advice that you'd give somebody, uh, you know, kind of reflecting on your personal experiences and, you know, the space that you're in now, what's one piece of advice that you would yeah, offer? Um, you know, something that boxing taught me, and I think I touched upon it earlier was, um, you know, just don't compare yourself to other people. Um, your boxing journey, everybody, I can remember going into the gym the very first day and being put in front of a mirror and just doing footwork and watching everybody else and thinking, Oh Christ, I'm so behind everyone. Oh Lord. Oh Lord. (laughs) And then, and once you, once you get out of that headspace and know that, you know, like we are all, we're all on our own path in life and boxing and in boxing and be gentle with yourself. You, like I said, there are high highs and there are low lows and it's not just in boxing, but I think it's important to, to, to think in life, like don't compare yourself to anyone, compare yourself to yourself, be better Mm -hmm. than you were the day before. And that, that is what, that's what, keeps me, keeps me going. And I try, I try really hard. And some days, some days it's not going to go great. And some days it is. And also really just believe, not only believe in yourself and believe in the power of one, you can make a difference in somebody's life through something small. It does not have to be big. Um, it's, you know, there's always somebody out there who doesn't have it as good as you do. And you can, you can make, make a change. And sometimes just a little bit of help will go a long, long way. Um, so that's really kind of two pieces of advice, but you know, it's, it's just don't compare yourself, be gentle and, and just believe, believe, believe in yourself and, and know that you can make a difference. I really, really appreciate that. And again, I really appreciate what you all are doing with Haymakers for Hope. And I'm so excited to like continue to follow along either in person or watching, uh, you know, the, the matches themselves, uh, aired on TV, which you can do. Uh, For folks that do want to learn a little bit more about Haymakers for Hope or want to learn more about uh, you and your journey, what is the best way for them to find information uh, and continue their journey and and learn Um, more? You can go on to haymakersforhope.org. We have all of our events listed um, right there. Again, our next event coming up is our inaugural uh, Philadelphia show um, at the Fillmore. So we're pretty excited about that. That is April 27th. If you're interested in getting tickets, you can get tickets. Um, you can link to the tickets through the website or head over to Ticketmaster. Um, it is the Liberty Bell Brawl, uh, April 27th. 
Um, and also we have a, we launched, um, we touched upon it earlier. We launched a podcast, not every fight ends at the bell. It comes out on Tuesdays, um, every two weeks. Uh, and right now we're highlighting alumni like yourself and people who've gone through the program and just hearing their stories a little bit more in depth, um, and how it impacted and how it impacted their life and just their experience with, with not only the organization, but just the process of what they went through. Um, to how they figured out, uh, I'm going to do this and coming out on the other side and what they learned and, and the impact that, that they made. Um, so yeah. Awesome. And Instagram always has good content. Instagram. Yeah. Facebook. Yes. Our, our media girls rock it. Um, they kill it. (laughs) I can, I, I am, a little inept with social media. So That's I do okay. my they best do there. <laughs> they do, <laughs> they, they, do they know job. their stuff. Yes, they do. They yeah. are awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I, again, I'm just, I'm really grateful that we had time to sit down and chat. Um, I'm really grateful that you've been, uh, you know, so brave and, and sharing kind of like your experience, your story, but more importantly that you all have come together and then created such a amazing, um, platform, uh, with so many different now, uh, you know, avenues to help continue to raise money for such an amazing cause. And, uh, you know, I've said this to anybody and everybody, I'm happy to share like anything you all want to know about Haymakers for Hope and why I think it's such a great organization and such a great experience. So for anyone listening, that's interested in participating and you just want to talk to somebody that's actually, you know, been in the ring, give me a shout, but absolutely continue to follow Haymakers for Hope for more information about how you can get involved. And Julie, thank you again. Have an incredible rest of your Thank you for having me. I'm always so surprised when people want to talk to me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no reason why. You're so good at talking. You did a great Uh, job. Well, and thank you for being such a great ambassador. It's the people who've gone through the program and had this positive experience, you know, that you guys are proof that we're doing something right and um, hoping to continue to offer it to as many people as we possibly can. Um, and to know that we're, we're all a team and we're really all in this together to, to make a difference. Um, so I, I thank you for, for, you know, speaking so kindly and having, and, and pouring your heart and soul into your four months, because I always tell people those are four months you don't get back. You know, don't get in that ring thinking, shit, I should have run a little bit more, get in that ring and just think, you know what? I did everything I could do. It's party time. I'm just going to have fun. And and so I am so proud of every single person who who goes through and and gets gets in there because it's it's an incredible incredible thing to accomplish. Could not agree more. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome. All right. That's the show. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you heard, give us a follow on Instagram, driven by underscore blank, share it with your friends, pass along the good word, and for the love of God, continue to acknowledge your passions, let love be your guide, and always walk in purpose. Until next time, I'm Karen, and this has been a conversation about the intersection between passion and purpose.